Hi everyone and welcome back to Mindful with Joe. I'm your host Josie Libero and on this week's episode I continue the conversation around domestic violence for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Specifically in this episode I'm joined by my old supervisor and friend Jessica and we talk about dating violence. It's really important for us to understand what the difference between a healthy versus an unhealthy versus an abusive relationship is because in order to really know when a situation is abusive, we have to understand what it looks like for something to be healthy. In this episode, we really break that down and we talk about what our rights and responsibilities are in the relationships that we hold. I hope that this episode is informative and helps to paint a picture for what relationships should be as well as negative behaviors to look for and to call out when you see them. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to continue the conversation, as always, feel free to direct message me on my Instagram at MindFlowWithJoe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So um, can you just start by introducing yourself, telling us who you are, um, what your job is, what you do? Sure. My name is Jessica Skoltetti. My pronouns are she, her, and I work at Safe and Sound Somerset, which is Somerset County, New Jersey's leading domestic violence response organization. Um, I work in the community outreach department. So what that means is I do presentations and create content for um, the community and for survivors um, to make sure that people know what domestic violence is and, and how to get services and what those services are. Thank you so much. So the reason I wanted to have you on today is because we are in Domestic Violence Awareness Month and domestic violence obviously covers lots of things. Um, it could be family violence, it could be partner violence, friend violence, anyone in your domestic circle. But I specifically wanted to talk to you kind of about that relationship piece. I know that you do a lot of work with teens um, and I think it is very startling how much teen dating violence there is. Um, I, I believe it's one in three, right? Yeah, which is a huge number. <laughs> um, and so, I guess my first question for you is, I'm just curious as to why you think that dating violence is so prevalent. Yeah, that's that's a tough question to answer. Yeah, so absolutely, it's one in three uh, teens experience uh, dating violence before high school graduation. Um, and according to the CDC, I'll also say um, one in three women and one in four men in their lifetime will experience domestic violence. Those are American numbers. Um, I mean, domestic violence is 100% preventable, just like sexual violence. Um, there is a long history. Uh, if we're specifically talking about violence against women, there's a very long history of women being excluded from uh, legal decisions, rights in general. You know, uh, when a woman got married in many societies, um, they suddenly became an entity with 
the man and then the man owned them, right? So um, I'm being a little vague here without going into all the details, but there's a long history of that. And I also wanna emphasize too that um, people of all genders experience intimate partner domestic violence. So it's really important that we don't just say this is a woman's issue, although women are certainly impacted in a different and probably more um, devastating way, if that makes sense. You know, I also think it some of it comes down to society. It's it's these expected gender roles. It's it's these expected ways that people should act, and you know, it's it's frustrating. Uh, yeah. There's you know there's a lot of ways we can change that. You know, at Safe and Sound, we talk a lot about um, how we see relationships being a balance of equal power and control. Yeah. Um, you know, we're both partners, uh, if we're talking about an intimate partner relationship, right, it's dating, whether it's teens, adults, um, both partners have the right to make decisions. They have the right to say yes or no. Um, consent could be sexual, but it could also be like, yes, you can take my phone um, today or, you know, you can check my email. I don't know. There's a lot of different things. Um, both people have the right to be safe. Both people have the right to change their mind. And if one person is not allowing some of those things to happen, right, that creates this power imbalance. And that's what domestic abuse really is. It's this pattern of behavior. So it's completely preventable. Um, and it does start young. And I think a lot of it is, is you know, how do we teach our children and teens um, about equal healthy relationships so that we can prevent um, domestic abuse. That's such a good point. I love what you said about how it's so important to kind of like start early with these conversations because it is very startling to know that like so many teens are experiencing unhealthy or abusive relationships. Like it's really sad. And I like you know, I'm not that far removed from high school. Like I'm like a recent college graduate. And I remember being in high school and I, I don't think I can point to a single relationship that was like healthy. Like the things that you said about rights and responsibilities, like people would like take people's phones without asking, go through their social media accounts. People would put on each other's locations without asking, or it was expected that you should just do this because you're my partner. And I don't know. I just, I don't remember ever really learning in school or anything about what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think a big warning sign is some of what you just talked about, Josie, which is the making everything about jealousy um, is, is one of those warning signs. You know, is, is your partner constantly accusing you of cheating? Um, are they saying, well, you know, I've been treated wrong in the past, so I really need you to tell me where you are at all times, right? Or like, I need you to share your location with me so that I know that you're, that you're staying loyal to me. But in reality, what effect does that have on the other person, right? It, it can make them feel really anxious. It can make them feel you know, like they are constantly being watched by their partner, even if the other partner doesn't feel that way, it doesn't create this equal balance of power in the relationship. And ultimately, as it continues, this can get worse and more unfair and also more unsafe, right? So that's just one example. Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, that's that's so real. I feel like something that a lot of people struggle with is kind of understanding the difference between what an abusive relationship is versus an unhealthy relationship versus a healthy relationship. So do you think that maybe you could like break those down for us? Sure. So a healthy relationship is some of what I just described with the equal balance. I would say, you know, both partners have the right to consent. Both partners always have the right to change their mind. They can make decisions for themselves. You know, it's not always, you do have to compromise in a relationship, right? However, both people should also be able to control their life. You know, if they want to go hang out with a friend, they should be able to do that without getting permission, right? That's just one example. Um, also, you know, I could go on and on about this, but I'll say um, that, you know, finances, it's the same thing. Yes, like it might depend on the relationship. And, you know, sometimes when people are married, it might change or you're living together, right? But both people should still have the ability to make decisions about money. Um, you know, one person shouldn't be making all the decisions. And I don't like to say the word should, but, um, or shouldn't. But that, does that create an equal balance where both partners can communicate and, and spend money, right? So it's, uh, I would say that, you know, an equal balance of power is really what you're looking for over time. Um, an unhealthy relationship, I would say if one thing happens, let's say, you know, one time your partner, um, you know, asks you not to um, dress a certain way, you know, maybe they say, I don't, you know, I think you, you, you kind of are showing too much skin. I, I, you know, I really like you to cover up because you're mine, you know, like more or less, obviously it probably sound different, you know, to me, that would, that's a warning sign. Um, if it only happens one time, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. Right. But if something like that, and maybe even other actions happen more than once, that's what I would consider an abusive relationship. Um, you know, abuse is a pattern of behaviors that someone uses to gain and keep power and control and it's purposeful behavior. So people know what they're doing, right? You know, if you're trying to control your partner's actions, you're trying to prevent them from doing things in their life, uh, that doesn't promote this equal balance of power. Um, and it does often become more unsafe and more um, severe. Right. So uh, hopefully that kind of makes sense. But I would say that's the difference between the three. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think that I think I still even struggle with this, but it's like when you're in a relationship, I feel like there's so many norms that you create with a partner. And then it's sometimes it's hard to tell like what's unhealthy and what's not like because isn't there like, can there be a discrepancy between like, maybe with me and my partner, maybe we share each other's locations. We don't just as a disclaimer, because I, I would mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable with that. But for some people, they really, that makes them feel really secure. It's like, oh good. Like I can make sure that you got home. Okay. From a party, whatever the, the reason is. And that feels really healthy and safe to them. So it's like, I guess you said that there's no shoulds and shouldn'ts, but like, is there a way maybe like an internal check that you can have to know if like something's right or wrong for you? I think that's a great question. And I'll also say, I am not like the gold star for healthy relationships, you know, and for, as a disclaimer, my partner and I do share location because 
our reasoning is that we work far away from each other and it really helps to plan things out. We're also in a long-term relationship and we're married. So that's just for us, that's what works. But I think it, I really think it comes down to knowing what works for your relationship and having this open communication. If you feel like you said or did something and you're, you're thinking about it and you're like, how, you know, did I make that person feel uncomfortable? You know, am I promoting safety at all times between both of us? Um, you can ask. I mean, I think that's a huge key is knowing how to talk to your partner and also admit to mistakes. Um, and there are, I will also say there are abusive relationships where someone will do something, um, you know, maybe they hit their partner, which doesn't happen in all relationships, but let's say that happens. Um, and then the next day they say, I'm so sorry, like I'll never do it again. Mm. You know, chances are good that something will happen again. It doesn't mean that it will. Um, so people who use abuse do apologize. And then sometimes then they'll do another abusive behavior. So it's just important to, you know, if you're a person who's really concerned about your own behavior, and I think everybody kind of has to be when you're in a relationship, that's just my opinion. You know, you, you should be thinking about how your partner is feeling and acting, right? And, and how they feel, do they feel unsafe with me? Do they feel like they have to be um, in communication with me at all times? Did I give that impression? And you can ask them and have an open conversation, you know? And I, I also wanna say just very quickly that people who use abuse, um, you know, it is their responsibility to change their behavior. And a lot of times it's not, no, I shouldn't say a lot of times, all the time. It's, it's never the other person's responsibility to heal that person. The person who uses abuse needs to find the root cause of why they use abuse and work on that on their own. You know, whether it be individual counseling with a professional, you know, there's a lot of things. There's, there's batterers intervention programs for people who are um, convicted of domestic violence uh, uh, crimes. But it's up to that person to confront their behavior and find the root cause, commit to change, and then change. So. Oh, I love what you said about that. I think that that's so important because I think we often talk about what survivors or victims of dating violence should do. And I, it's almost like, it's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, you can report, you can go to counseling, all this stuff. But it's like, what if you yourself are someone that you're realizing you are doing the abusive things or you're doing the unhealthy things? Like, cause it's, it's like, you're not doing it for no reason. Like there's something that's coming up for you. Like if somebody, if your partner tells you like cover up, like, I don't, I don't like that you're showing so much skin. It's like, that's something within you. Like you're, you're feeling jealous, you're feeling insecure and it's not their responsibility to cover up more so that you feel more secure but there is a big part piece of it where it is communication you're allowed to say I'm feeling uncomfortable I'm feeling jealous insecure and communicate that but it's not mm -hmm. about them necessarily changing their behavior that's something that like I've had to learn within my own relationship like not to say I'm like an abusive partner but I I do have like unhealthy like thoughts I have these thoughts where I'm like oh like I want to spend like more time with you than like your friends or whatever like oh I want to be invited to that thing and sometimes it's just like I'll just say it out loud I'll be like 
I feel insecure right now. I feel jealous. Not you can't go to the party. You can't hang out with your friends, which is like such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. There's a huge difference there. Yeah. I've had, I've had, you know, similar feelings and thoughts. And I think we all, we're all human, right? Um, but it does come down to how do you act, right? We're responsible for our own actions. And how do you, how do you commit to change if you notice that you're exhibiting unhealthy behaviors? That's, that's what matters. And it's right. I love what you said about, you know, Josie, it's, it's never the target's fault. Never. It's never the target's fault. Um, and it's only, you know, the responsibility of the actor for their actions. Absolutely. Another thing, so we kind of, we've talked about um, communication, like what that looks like in relationships and how that can be really healthy. I guess I also want to talk about, because I, I struggle with this, I know most people struggle with this, is like, how do you set boundaries? So you know, oh, we have these rights and responsibilities, but then like, how do you like implement them? How do you say like, yeah, this is, this is a boundary for me? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, I think there's a few things you can do. Um, first is being really clear. And this is hard, right? This is, if somebody asks you to do something or you know um, does something that you're not comfortable with, you might wanna take a step back at that moment and just say, let me think about this for a minute, right? You are allowed to take space and time to think about things. Um, I think we just, assume sometimes that we have to have an immediate answer to everything. And I don't know if that's a product of like white supremacy or like just living in America today. It's like, everyone's got to know what they're doing at all times. And that's not the case. So I think part of it is, is taking a step back when you need to, um, and, and then reevaluating, right. Taking that time. It's also being clear as possible with your partner. Um, when you can be, right? When you figure out what you want, um, let's say your partner wants to engage in some kind of sexual activity that you aren't sure you're ready for. You think about it and you decide, I am 100% ready for this. You know, maybe you take the space and you think about it more, right? And you're like, I am 100% okay with this. Make sure that you're very clear about that with your partner. If you are unsure, make sure you're very clear, but it's not your responsibility. Again, if that person forces you to do something or pressures you, that's not your fault. Just just make sure you're clear about what you want. And that's hard, right? So I'd also say, you know, following those rights and responsibilities can help, can help, excuse me. So like you can even say, I have the, you know, I have the right to say no. I just don't feel comfortable right now. And I need to take a step back. Um, you could say, I feel that, um, I, you know, want to spend some time with my friends and it's important to me. So that those kinds of, you know, saying I have the right to have friends, those kinds of statements can also communicate to your partner what, um, what you're looking for and, and some of your boundaries. Oh, I absolutely love that. I think that, like boundaries are so important. I think that like we can't really survive without them. It's not just in like romantic relationships, but in family relationships and work relationships, boundaries are so important. I think it's like, 
it's almost like easier to come up with them like oh yeah I know that this should be a boundary but then like implementing it can be really hard and I think that especially if someone doesn't respond well to those boundaries I think that can make it even harder to like commit to them like if someone responds badly I feel like our immediate reaction is like maybe I shouldn't have set that and I guess it's like another question I guess is like how do you what what do you do then like what do you do if someone doesn't respect your boundaries like how how do you not go back on them Which is yeah like, absolutely you know if, if someone doesn't respect your boundaries the first thing you can do is I think trust your gut if you really feel that this person has 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 done you wrong you have every right to say that if you feel safe you have every right to leave a relationship you don't want to be in. Yeah. Even if it seems like maybe the other person is making like a joke or, oh, that's so silly. Like, it's not a big deal. Why are you overreacting? Yeah. Your feelings and um, your well-being are the most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship, you have to look out for yourself and your safety and your boundaries and well-being. So if you feel like something's off, you're probably right right? In your gut, you just kind of know sometimes. And if you don't know, sometimes it takes time to know yourself. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have any good advice for doing that, but I think some of that is, is, is really delving deep into yourself and thinking, what do, what do I want from this relationship? You know, what am I looking for in my life? Um, maybe you don't have the answer and I think that's okay, but but knowing that you don't have to stay in a relationship is powerful. And I also think it's important to say because it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, if you're feeling unsafe and you do wanna leave, there are safe ways to leave. And part of that is, is reaching out to an organization like ours, like Safe and Sound Somerset, because we can safety plan with you about how to leave safely if you're not feeling that way. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that in New Jersey, there is there is one for each county, right? Yes, so every county has their own domestic violence and sexual violence agency. Some of those agencies are one. Um, some of them are different agencies. So um, our agency as of October is uh, officially domestic and sexual violence for Somerset County. Um, and and I, I think it's also really important to say those are free services pretty much wherever you go in New Jersey. Yeah. You can access free services. That's amazing. And I don't, I don't think that's true for all states, is it? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of in our own little New Jersey bubble here. And maybe I should know the answer to that. Um, I, but I would imagine that in most places, colleges, trading, trade schools, workplaces, you know, counties all over the country, you can find services for domestic and sexual violence. And this includes crisis intervention, you know, someone who can talk to you on the hotline, um, safety plan with you, they can listen, right? Just listening is really powerful. There's counseling, legal advocacy, um, we have teams who meet with survivors after domestic violence incidents to kind of hear, um, hear them and listen to them and provide resources. We have like financial empowerment. Um, we have all kinds of services that are 
available at no charge for children, teens, and adults, and many other places do too. Oh, that's amazing. This is like one of the reasons I love New Jersey. <laughs> um, definitely. But um, I guess my last question for you that I want to touch on is if you know someone who you think not who you think is is the abusive partner or who is unhealthy I guess like we often talk about bystander intervention in terms of supporting people who are being targeted but we don't necessarily talk as much about like how to confront your own friends when you think they're doing the poor behavior and I guess is there do you have any advice on like what someone can do if they if they see their friends being unhealthy towards their partners Yes. Um, it's funny. I actually just wrote an episode for our podcast on this topic. Really? So shame, shameless plug. Our podcast is for teens and professionals who work with teens or those who care about them. And it's called Ask Ava and it's on our website um, and wherever you find podcasts. But um, yes. So one of the things you can do if you know someone who's being who's using abuse in their relationship is don't ignore it. And I say that because if you ignore it, this tells your friend that you're okay with their actions. And that's how this, this whole societal um, acceptance of violence against people continues is when we stay silent. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get involved though, especially if you don't feel safe. I would say get a trusted adult involved. I mean, if, if you're a teen, if you're an adult yourself, you know, maybe you can talk to another person in your life who can listen to you. Um, if there's been a crime committed, you know, report it, call 911 or an emergency service if someone's in danger. Um, there's, like you said, Josie, there's kind of some of those bystander intervention things that can go a long way. Um, because we want to hold people accountable for their actions. And it's not going to happen unless we actually do it, right? Um, I would also say if you feel safe, call it out. You know, let's say your friend is um, calling their partner names and they're like, oh, you know, they were doing this and I think they're such a whatever, you know, I'm just making up things here. You could say something like, please stop saying that. You know, I, I don't think you should say that. So even just something simple like that. And I know some people's reaction to that is, well, my friend's not going to listen to me because they're just going to say whatever they want. But um, friends do care what we think about them. Yeah. So you'd be surprised at, yeah, how much people's behavior can change if you start bringing it up more. You know, you could even have the conversation saying, I noticed that you were calling your partner a lot of names before, you know, and it made, it made me uncomfortable. Like what's going on? You know, is everything okay? Like you can start to have a conversation with them if you feel safe. Um, I think those are a couple of the things, you know, you can also just reinforce if you feel like this is appropriate that, um, you know, trouble for these things. Domestic violence is a crime, right? So there are a lot of actions within that that are can be charged in a court of law. They have long lasting negative effects for not only the target, but their family, their friends, the community. It really is like a ripple effect. So it's really um, up to us to promote a safe community. 
And people don't often think that their actions will actually have consequences, but they do. Um, so that's, those are some of the things you can do, but I think the key is don't ignore it. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. I think that's all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me, for talking to me. I, I think that the rights and responsibilities are so important and can, and are so applicable. And so I really appreciate you just kind of laying that out so we can see it. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Genevieve. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Mindflow with Joe. If you like what you heard, make sure that you follow and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If you want any say or if you have any questions about the topics at hand, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Mindflow with Joe. My DMs are always open.